All right, what's up, stalemates? Back after Christmas, no days off, no weeks off. Uh, we we're really being pretty consistent this year, and it's paying off. So I didn't want to miss a week. Uh, Tyler came back from. We're both from the same hometown. For people that don't know that, uh, so we both went to our hometown, which is two hours away, and uh, had some good time with the family. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely worn out after the weekend, but um, you sound sicker than a dog. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting to the back end of a cold I had before that too. But a cold. Still, yeah, I did the double test before I went out. I was <laughs> putting my grandparents at stake. Uh, cold people. <laughs> all right. No, it's all good. I had COVID like two months ago or three months ago. I'm vaccinated. Yeah. You, you allegedly took a test. I don't believe you. <laughs> um, but anyways, he's here. Uh, we also have a guest today, which we'll bring him on here in a second. Before we bring on the guest, though, uh, shout out to Barbarian Apparel. Uh, these Christmas sweaters. Apparently, my mom got the entire family stalemates Christmas sweaters. They did? That's awesome. Yeah, she got the uh, whole family stalemates Christmas sweaters. Uh, we're actually doing a 20% off discount. Uh, let me check, check my text really quick. I hit up Josh and I said, hey, you want to get rid of the rest of these Christmas sweaters? He said he doesn't have that many left. That is a that is a factual nice. fact. Um, he says he can mark them down 20% off. So if you go to uh, barbarianapparel.com and check it out, links down below. You guys know the drill. Barbarian Apparel, they're the best in the business. I didn't even know this little wrestling mat thing was on there. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it's on there. There's a little wrestling guys or girls at the bottom. Merry Christmas, stalemates. You know the vibes. We're in the holiday season. It's great. We're about to get into 2022. It's going to be another great year at the company. Yep. Yeah. That sweatshirt was pretty much all I wore over this whole past weekend, and it got lots of compliments. Dude, so I wore I wore just a Barbarian Apparel hoodie the yeah. entire the like literally for three days. Uh, yeah, I brought like the windbreaker and the vest, and then I just rotated between those three pieces the whole weekend, pretty much. Yeah. So this holiday season is brought to you by Barbarian Apparel, the best in the business. Uh, you guys also know Spider Mat Tape. It's a new sponsor that we've had. We're excited to have them on board. They are the official mat tape of Stalemate Street League. So scroll down, check it out. If you guys need mat tape this year, I'm not going to keep harping on it. You guys know it's the official mat tape of Stalemates and Stalemate Street League. So if you need mat tape for this upcoming season, check it out. It's always fresh, the best in the business. And then lastly, above and beyond Wash and Seal. You guys know if you're in if you're in the state of Iowa, it's the place to go if you need a new floor. Uh, we're currently sitting on above and beyond Wash and Seal floor. We're actually thinking about getting a new studio because we have the super mm -hmm. annoying heater thing in here. And then there's homeless people all, all around. Uh, which is fine. They're nice to us, but it's, uh, you know, sometimes we're here pretty late at night. So we're thinking about yeah. uh, going to the other side of downtown where we have private parking and it's just a little bit uh, nicer of a studio. But this, this studio has been great. I feel like we haven't, we've only been here. It's almost a year, but yeah, it's about I, feel time. Like, I feel like we got what we wanted out of it. Yeah. So. And lastly, we're brought to you by Fantasy Fight League. Why not? We got the CEO, the founder, the creator, Joe Kenya in the building. He uh, is formerly of a company that we won't talk about, and that's fine. He's got a new company now. He he basically created the internet. Uh, Joe Kenya, ladies and gentlemen, clap it up for him, Tyler. There yeah, man, appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. It's cool. Yeah, tell us a little bit about what's going on at uh, Fantasy Fight League, real quick, before we get to these topics. He's going to be a guest host here today. We're going to talk about you know five different topics. Is that what it is? Six. Um, but we're going to talk about Fantasy Fight League at the end, and there's some drama that's going down, so we'll get to it. But but tell us a little bit really fastly, like an elevator pitch on Fantasy Fight League. Hey, man, so there's really – I see you always tweeting about how, like, different sports books don't want to take wrestling. It's difficult, and there's a lot of data that's required, right? So Fantasy Fight League is daily fantasy for wrestling, five bucks a month to play, top 10 win prizes every month. So it's, there's no gambling. It's not, there's no odds. You go and you pay five bucks, you set teams for every event and top 10 on the leaderboard every month wins a prize. And it seems so a like a cool way to keep people engaged. It seems like lately there's been some heat going on. You got this uh, pit Panther dude. He's been at the top and then, you know, somebody kind of called him out. And then next thing you know, he's, he, he like took a week off really quick. So I don't know if that was some collusion going on. If, if, if you have somebody that, you know, is like, we, we'll talk about it later on in the show, but uh, I definitely want to get to the bottom of it because Tyler's been, Tyler's been mm -hmm. actually like competing on it pretty hard. He's, I've been having fun with it. He yeah. almost cracked the top 10 the other day. I missed, I, the I other, missed a crucial tournament. I was so. messing around with him the other day and I was like, Tyler, you're in the top 10. He like 
I've never seen the guy get his phone out faster. <laughs> he thought he, but he wasn't. He wasn't even close. Dude, I'm 12 now. You're 12 for this month. Is that so. true, Joe? Actually, I gotta go. I gotta check. But shoot, <laughs> yeah. there are over 100 people that played this month. So, yeah, I saw know. that. That's good. We're keeping tabs. Don't think that we're not counting your success over there. Shoot. <laughs> all right, we're gonna get straight into it here. Um, all right. The first topic here is Midlands got canceled. Um, I didn't really think this was going to be something that was going to be a thing this year. Uh, obviously, you know, COVID's still around, but at the same time, uh, all these other sports haven't really done anything in terms. I mean, other sports have had like cancellations, but in terms of like uh, fans and stuff like that, it's been full fans. A lot of times they just, mm -hmm. if, if a player gets COVID, they kind of pull them out. But as far yeah. as going and canceling like an entire thing, it's pretty crazy, especially since we, you know, we've had multiple pack duels, right. uh, sold out stuff, and uh, it seems like we're going a little bit backwards here. Mm, I feel like though, with the school like Northwestern, something like that maybe could be expected. It's kind of like a Cornell in a way with how they approach COVID protocol and things like that. I feel like. Yeah, Joe. So. Joe, were you surprised by this? I was surprised to see him cancel it, but. You know, like we were talking about, it, that's a Northwestern event, right? That's not an independently run event. It's run by the school. So, you know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the wrestling hierarchy there pushed back again. I don't think anyone wanted to see it canceled, but it has to align with the school, right? Like if the school shut down and they're not letting kids out and, or they're not letting kids come back after break, and then they have a huge, you know, tournament on campus. So, you know, was I surprised? I wasn't really surprised. Disappointed, you know. Yeah, I bet you were disappointed because that, that would have been a big game probably for uh, for you guys over there. Yeah, shoot. Well, it would have been a big game. Now we just got to scramble and uh, make a game for the new one. Yeah, yeah. You, you are going to throw that in for the end of the month? Yeah, so we were thinking the Powerade was going to be the final event of the month, but uh, probably on Tuesday when we have more registrations, we're going to drop a game for this new Midlands event. Okay. Nice. All right. Um, so, yeah, we just mentioned it there. So that one, the original uh, Midlands gets canceled, and, and immediately there's two different tournaments getting put together here. So I don't know what time of day that it got canceled, but they were, they canceled it. And then that night, the Illinois Matman run by um, Izzy Martinez and, uh, and Willie Saylor actually put together basically the new Midlands, but it's going to be at the same place. Yeah. And the same, like, I think most of the teams are going to actually do it. I don't know exactly like the nuances of how it's different or not. But it seems like they just kind of stepped in and basically took Northwestern out of it. Uh, Tyler, can you scroll down and show some of the teams there? Yeah, you were on it there. Oh, no, you were on it. You're on it. It's at the bottom. There you go. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's, there's bangers in there. Mm-hmm. Army. So it looks like, from what we saw, Army's going to be doing two opens. Yeah, they're really and taking that. advantage <laughs> yeah. of the anytime, anyplace, anywhere thing, which uh, is it's just great. I mean, they're really not that far between the two of them. Um, right. um, so there's that. And then at the same time, they brought in the Hawkeye open, which is the, uh, Iowa city's version of Midland. So Iowa was supposed to go to Midlands and essentially they aren't going to now. And they're going to do this whole, they're going to do the Hawkeye open in Coralville. This is put on by, um, I don't know exactly the company, but it's, it's like, Luke Eusis and Schaumburger, something like oh, that. Yeah. But anyways, they're doing gonna do it at that extreme arena there. It's a it's a brand new facility. Uh Tyler's got the teams pulled up there. Some absolute hammers this in that is a one good as one well. Too. Yeah. Life University will be there. That's kind of exciting. Yeah, Grandview, I believe, is over there. Oh, they have some guys there too, both. Um nice. But you guys know why we talk about this stuff. We don't talk about this stuff just to tell you about who's wrestling where and who's and who's doing what. We talk about this stuff because there's because there's actually drama involved. Um, but the drama involved was it ended up kind of being a like a uh, what's the word a, 
a pissing match between the two of them in a way. Yeah, Is that the right word? I guess that'd be. Joe, did you catch up it. on any of that stuff? Yeah, I saw them going back and forth. And what we're seeing here is, I mean, broadcasting a wrestling tournament is not that difficult. And a lot of times we saw it with the journeyman duels, and I'm kind of rambling a little bit. But if I'm Iowa, why would I not throw my own event, make all the money for people who want to watch us? Like people who turn on Midlands, 50% of the people that sign up are signing up to watch Iowa. So uh the fact that yeah sure they're each it's illinois matman and hawkeye wrestling club on their channels they want more schools to wrestle there so ultimately at the end of the day i think it'll probably be a better deal for everyone involved right i was going to make a bunch of money they're not going to have to travel uh you know what about for the everyone fans that's, oh geez for the fan well that's that's a different story right for the fans do you think from a fan perspective from a fan perspective do you think it's good that there's two separate tournaments or do you think it's two watered down tournaments i mean it looks like it's to me so far from the entries and we don't know exactly you know everybody that's involved and and if some of these teams are just going to send a couple guys or not but as far as the fan aspect goes would you rather have one absolutely stacked tournament or two of these separate tournaments they both do look to be pretty stacked in their own rights but I'm sure some of these teams had to pick and choose what they're going to go, where they're going to go. Yeah. So from a fan perspective and even like I'm a marketing guy. So from a marketing perspective, having more teams and better teams at one event makes better quarters, semis, finals, right? Look at it as individual matchups and possibilities. So yeah, you take Iowa out of that equation, you know, what some of those quarters and semis are going to be, you know, yeah, and the Hawkeye Open people. Well, I don't even say Hawkeye Open people. So the Hawkeye Open is going to be streamed by I Wrestle, and one of their guys got in some deep water. Uh, Tyler, can you? So his name is Lars Underbaki. I actually like Lars. Um, I did ban him from Appanoose County one time. He had, he had one of our Centerville guys ranked second. He was a three-time state champion and ended up being a four-time state champion. But they had him ranked second all year. I was like, come on, you're not going to rank. Anyways, I'm not going to get into it. But you know, we buried the hatchet. I've actually talked, we've, we've met him before a couple of times. Super nice guy. He did put out this questionable tweet. Tyler, can you pull it up? Uh, go ahead and read it. They are holding the event in Chicago in a warehouse now, or there's an event in a brand new state of the art facility in Coralville. You versus the guy she told you not to worry about. Yeah. I mean, this isn't even the venue they ended up having, but I think that the Illinois Matman put out that picture. I mean, I'm sure that's just like one of the rooms. Right. You know, people were going pretty hard. People were going it pretty. It is a nice arena. Yeah. I mean, when you put it like that, I think the whole thing, though, is like it was supposed to be more of a, a feel-good story, like something bad happens. Right. Yeah. We're trying to, like, salvage this they situation. They to do something about it. Yeah. Right. right. And then he kind of dunked on, <laughs> dunked on him a little bit. Yeah. He, I thought he – I did, though, think that – I thought that he did take a little bit more um, flack than I thought was deserved. I almost really? put a tweet out and defending him like, like, hey, man, I don't agree with this tweet either, but Lars is a good person. I think there was some personal attacks in there. Yeah. Overall, Lars is a good dude. I think this was him kind of in his own world. And like, I right. think sometimes in wrestling, we don't realize how small the, the, the world is. And, <laughs> and so we don't. Maybe we don't think that people are going to see it, or maybe maybe we don't think that you know you're going to offend somebody, this and that. Uh-huh. But it you know it kind of showed that like there is there is like maybe a little bit of competition between these two tournaments, even though there shouldn't be. Right. Yeah, and I can understand where like his why his support would lay there. But well, he's part of I Wrestle. Yeah, I Wrestle exactly. is streaming yep. this duel. But the funny thing is though is they're not like it's not like a, it's not really a competition because right. they're not on the same dates. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're close enough where the teams are probably gonna have to choose, except unless you're Army. I think um, that's pretty much it. But for the most part, it's not really gonna affect each other. The Illinois Matman is doing a pay per view. Adi Russell is not doing a pay per view, which is interesting. Joe, what do you think of this whole pay per view thing with Rockfin? I love it. I mean, when traditional college, let's use like an Ivy League school, which is like Harvard, ESPN buys up all the broadcast rights for the Ivy League. So that means Harvard's going on ESPN or like, let's use Duke, right? The ACC. ESPN wants Duke basketball. They want football. 
that money doesn't make its way to the wrestling programs. So everyone who wrestled at this journeyman duel got a piece of that pay-per-view, right? which I love, right? It's not like ESPN's coming and saying, hey, guys, here's your check for wrestling on our thing, right? They just pay up front. So they left that. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying that ESPN, they just pay up front, right? They just pay them a... Yeah, they pay the school. Duke gets whatever, $50 million. Right. And then it gets disseminated that way, and some goes here and there. But, you know, that's why, like, Hawkeye Open and this Madman thing, right? Uh, Stalemate Street League, right? All of these new events that are coming up. It's good, right? It's good for people to have better control over their broadcast rights. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it, yeah, it is important that we actually like decide exactly where the money goes instead instead of like just to a broader um, cause, right? Like like mm-hmm. instead of it going straight to the school, this is assuming this is going straight to the wrestling programs, right? Yeah, or their RTC I, affiliates. I don't know. I think I noticed that the Hawkeye Open isn't like a pay per view. It's not. A, no. Yeah. 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 Which is interesting. I wonder why Tony hasn't messed around with that yet. Right. No, I think that's a good improvement of like features for Rockfin. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I would think too with the Hawkeye one is that all the money is coming into IA Wrestle and then they're going to handle how they divvy it out. Right. Part of how they were able to get all of those teams, and I'm just speculating, right? I don't know. How they got all those teams to wrestle at the Journeyman is like, hey, let's all work together. Let's all promote this together. Let's all work together, make the event, you know, gangbusters. And then they get a check at the end of the thing. So like the smaller, you know, the smaller events, you don't need to give it to 30 people, you know, you cut them a check, cut them five grand. Right. Um, somebody tweeted that, and this somebody is Jagger. Jagger tweeted that he wanted Mikey England at, uh, at Midlands. And that got my, that got my wheels spinning a little bit. And I thought, you know, which when I say Midlands people, I'm, I'm talking about the, uh, Matt Man Open. Um, this got my wheels spinning a little bit and I thought maybe it would be cool if we, I hit up Mikey first Mm -hmm. and I said, I wasn't going to put him on blast, but I told Mikey, I was like, listen, I will pay you X amount of dollars to win it. And I'll pay you, it was basically a certain amount of money. And then if you show up and just do it in general, I'll pay you half of that. Right. Uh, and he was like, he's like, I'm a wine bottle deep right now. I think I can make the semis. (laughs) I think I can make the semis. But in my perspective is like. I'm kind of thinking about it. So if there was a wrestler right. out there that is listening to this, that is doing this uh, tournament unattached, obviously you can't be yeah. um, tied to a program, right? Um, but if you're doing this unattached, preferably post-collegiate, so we don't have to deal with, um, who are those In people called? Compliance. Compliance. Yeah. And, but I thought it'd be cool if we had somebody go out there, because we still have a ton of stalemate singlets. Right. We'll yeah. drive the singlet to you and make sure that you get it yeah, in time. Yeah, you will get it before the we'll, tournament. We'll do like coverage and everything. Happen. I don't know. It's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. I think idea. it'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Another uh-huh. Get another street league athlete out there. We had Chandler Rogers, one. Yeah. Then all of our street league athletes, and then we get this guy. Yeah, girl. exactly. And we can make we can document it all for you. It'd be, it'd be a fun experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought about it. Just a good idea. Jagger, that was a great tweet, by the way. Made it made my family's uh, Christmas. <laughs> they were all retweeting it immediately. It got, I it, sent it, it to got good love, though. Before. Yeah, it did. That is pretty good. He was thinking about it. He's oh, got yeah. a fight, though, in February. He's actually fighting in front of Dana right. White. Another important one coming up for him, too. So. Yeah, that's a huge opportunity for yeah. him. He's fighting on that show, um, looking for a fight in Kansas City, uh, which will be on the UFC's YouTube, I think, and probably Fight Pass and all that. Um, let's get into the next topic here. It's actually still Midlands-related. Pat Downey the third. you guys know him for sure. Every time that we talk about him, people say, quit talking about this clown, but I'm sorry, I can't get <laughs> enough Pat Downey. Um, it's a roller coaster of a ride. I think people are waiting for him to call it quits and move on to his MMA career or whatever he plans on doing next, whether that's OnlyFans, whether that's jujitsu. It seems to me like the jujitsu world is kind of embracing him a little bit. I don't pay attention too closely. I have tried to watch a couple of his um, grappling matches. Is that what it's called? And yeah. I just straight up don't understand the rule set. I'm open to learning about it. But anyways, Pat Downey, we haven't seen him wrestle folk style since college i'm assuming um i'm assuming that uh, it's going to be interesting right it's going to be an interesting ride watching him at this midlands thing if he actually shows up he did post this uh can you pull it up it's an instagram post 
Um, oh, okay, just a second. Yeah, it's an Instagram post of uh, him alluding to the fact that he is wrestling this weekend. He did, he also tweeted at Willie Sailor and said, text me back, which I'm sure if you've ever texted Willie, you know that he's notoriously bad at responding to people. But I tried to pull up online on track wrestling the actual individual wrestlers that are registered for the new Midlands, and I didn't see him. But um, I don't think that's it. Is that it? What is that? What's that say? Sunday fun day. No, that's not <laughs> yeah. it. It's an Instagram post. It's a meme that he posted. Oh, okay. um, I, I did send it to the docket there. If it's from the wrestling room. There it is. All right. So pull it up on the screen there so we can all see it. Um, can you read the caption there? You said USA wrestling and flow wrestling and every other hater that tried to cancel me when they see me competing this week. And then he like tagged a bunch of people. Willie, Izzy, hashtag Shy Town, hashtag Ain't No Midlands Eighth. Yeah. All right. Just one second yeah. here. Let me say something real quick. You notice how he didn't say us. Right. Does that clear us of him saying that we were lying about him not showing up for our event? Hmm. Does that include us, you think? I don't know. He didn't tag us. No, no. So See, we never tried true. to cancel him. So right. I think that shows an element of um you know, clearing our name of us lying. Not that I don't think people believe that we lied about him not showing really, up, but... Yeah, I don't think he really ever had much to say about it either, so I think that one was kind of just left out of... I just wanted, yeah. I just wanted to note that, that he didn't include our name <laughs> right. on that thing. Yeah. Joe, what, do you, what about you? You think he's going to show up? Uh, yeah, I think he's going to show up. 70% chance. <laughs> you uh, think that's part I of mean, the fun or what? Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny wrestling. So I've worked in wrestling and jujitsu and football and a bunch of sports. Wrestling is still very much like the old boys club. Yes. Like that's why we see the jujitsu community embracing Pat and more than he's kind of a villain. Right. Like, he's a little bit of a villain for some people and some people he's like, uh, you know, they want to cheer for him. They want to see him do well, you know? So I think in general, uh, every good story has an antagonist, right? So if Pat can get his stuff together, get his life together, uh, get back on the wrestling mat, I think it's good for everyone, right? People want to watch him wrestle. You know, you saw people, you know, about your event. People want to watch him wrestle, but, you know, my take here is I think you probably need some help, but you got to help yourself first. Yes. You know, you gave him an opportunity. I know people giving him opportunities. Uh, he's a great athlete. He's a great wrestler. He's exciting. You know, I like the persona, but you know, at the same time, you got to show up football player, football players act like that. MMA players that they show, you know, they're there on game day. So I'm hope I'm hoping he's there. I think he'll be there if he says it, you know, but the yeah. chance he won't be. I mean, full full disclosure, I 100% thought he was going to be there when we were when when mm -hmm. we had him. Yeah. Like even the day before, I'm like checking my in like literally dead silence from him and I thought for sure like even still, I'm like, "Oh, this is part of the game." And right. uh it didn't happen, but I like I still thought he might. Yeah. Um just cuz of how much he kind of sells it. And this could be another one of his things where he's just trying to get, you know, get his name back out there. Buzz. We're talking about him here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I so like... I got a, I Go got ahead. a Downey story. We had Downey at uh, who's number one against Nick Rodriguez. I give Downey some props here. Uh, I called him on like a Tuesday. I just got back from ADCC, which is like the Olympics of Jiu-Jitsu. Oh yeah. And there was this dude Nick Rodriguez who was a wrestler. He was from Jersey. Uh, no, it was fun to watch, and he had kind of a breakout performance. I called Pat up on Tuesday. And I'm, at this time, I'm overseeing marketing for wrestling and grappling, so I'm trying to incorporate the two of them. I'm like, hey, Pat, you want to come and you want to wrestle Nicky Rod on Saturday? It's like Tuesday. And he said, give me X. And I was like, I can give you Y. And he was like, all right, cool. I sent him a plane ticket. So on Tuesday's notice, he got up, he came out, he did everything he needed to do. He did change his flight and charge the company card the next morning without telling anyone. How much was it? So, it was like 300 bucks or something. It wasn't my money, so I was just like, ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. There was a couple times where like, it, it was kind of one of those situations where I was going to have to pay. We were going to have to pay for uh, some of his travel, and I was like, you pay it, and then I will reimburse you because <laughs> mm -hmm. I just did not trust yeah. that. Um, 
I don't know. I, I hope he's from the entertainment standpoint, it'll give us something else to talk about after that week. I hope he's there. And again, people, this isn't me like cheering for him. I just hope he shows up because it's good content. Yeah. I think that's all right to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think it'd be fun to see him wrestling collegiately again. Like he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to wrestle freestyle against world team members or anything like that, but at least like keep your name out there. It opens something like this would probably be perfect. But at this point, I don't have a whole lot of faith in him anymore. I wonder what singlet he's yeah. going to wear. We never did see send him a singlet or anything. Mm, he just doesn't say anything. He just shows up in the Stalemate Street League singlet. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I think about Pat Downey's singlets, I think of him selling them off and that one, <laughs> that one kid wearing it at that tournament. That could have easily been us. Yeah, for real. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on here. Our buddy Corby got roasted. Um he got roasted. He had uh, he was the commentator for the collegiate duels down there in Florida, and um, a lady that was a North Carolina State fan. I don't even think she was a part of the team or nothing like that. Matter of fact, I'm ninety percent sure she's not. I think she's just a super fan for the North Carolina State. Yeah. What is it? The Wolfpack. Yeah, I think so. She was, but she was there, and um, I'll give her credit for that. She was there, and um, she put out this tweet. Can you pull it up? Is it ready to roll here? Yep. Uh, right do you want to read that? I just said that was trying. All right, restart. I that. just said <laughs> that was I terrible. Just, that was an awful. <laughs> I just said that I was trying to do better and not tweet mean things anymore. But let me tell you one thing: I've gotten so many texts today about how awful the commentary was at these duels, to the point people had to mute it. Which is bad enough when the sweetest kid you have, this is getting way too small, is bad enough, but when the sweetest kid you have tells you that they were so bad during his match that it pissed him off. If I go listen to that before I leave Florida, those clowns are going to see a shade of red they never knew existed. Yeah, That's so I talked to Corby. I called him the other day. I was driving home. And I was like, what's the deal? What match was that? I don't know exactly what match it was, but I'm I'm also sure that it was the uh, Trumbull match, if I okay. if I can remember. But Corby had a problem with uh his his game on top. He said he, you know, he wasn't a good leg rider. And I think mm. I haven't went back and listened to what he actually said, but I do know that the the coaches down there didn't have a problem with it. And, uh, you know, he had went up to him and I believe talked to them. Corby's a type to like just straight up go to you and right. say, and he's going to make it right. Corby's a good person mm. through yeah. and through. Yeah. I mean, he, he flew you. out here and helped yeah. us with street league, uh, for no money. The first time just straight up came out and helped from sunup to sundown. Didn't ask for nothing in return. And he, he's just a good person. Right. So he, he, you know, he would talk to the North Carolina state coaches, talked to him a little bit about it. They said they didn't have a problem with it. And he said, they are, they basically, they've been there before these coaches, they, they've heard criticism before multiple times. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know how hard Corby really went at him, but I do know that Corby went up to this lady, found this lady <laughs> at the arena and talked to her. <laughs> and, uh, Corby, the way that he put it was like, you know, I think she, she was caught off. She wasn't I expecting she was it. shook. Yeah. yeah. And you know Corby's polite. He wouldn't. He would never go up to her and threaten her, or nothing like right. that. But just kind of be like, be like hey, you know, what was it that you had an issue with? Let me know. And and they talked it out. You know. Mm. Wow. See, that's crazy. I didn't even think about that. He could literally just walk around and probably find her there. Yeah, that's, she was there. And, and the craziest thing is, she wasn't even listening to it because she was mm. there. So right. somebody had texted her and basically complained about the whole thing. And and she put she put the uh, text messages on her Twitter as well, so you can go find those. But. I don't think that she expected to get this sort of feedback at it. And mm -hmm. I don't think she even knows Corby. She actually didn't even say Corby's name. She could have been talking about Fretwell for all we know. Right. But it seemed that Corby kind of took Lord on his chest a little bit. Uh, for people that don't know, Corby's first ever time calling a match was Stalemate Street League 1. Yeah. And for the people that also don't know, Stalemate Street League 1 was in August. Yeah. And then he did. He's done like. He's done seven events. Seven. Yeah. Collegiate duels is the biggest event that's happened in wrestling so far this season. Definitely. Yeah. And I don't know in terms of eyes, but in terms of the number of teams that were there, yeah, Penn State, Iowa, all these huge teams are there. He yeah. had to call duels from sunup to sundown for two days straight as your seventh yeah. event ever. That's insane. Right. It's and a 12-hour shift. And I don't think people really realize that. 
uh, people don't realize how hard it is to call commentary. First of all, I didn't realize how hard it was. Sometimes I'll, because I've been asked to do it a couple times and I'm just not ready to do it. I do want to do it at some point, not consistently, but every once in a while, right? And it's freaking hard. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like right. being able to talk about it over and over, not be too fast, not be too slow, mm -hmm. you know, dead air, all that stuff. You, you want, and he was by himself. Right. So it's extremely hard. People don't realize it. Um, and, you know, Corby's a good person. This is just kind of one of those things that maybe pump the brakes on on the criticism a little bit when you don't know all the facts, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, eventually, no matter what, you're going to run into somebody who's not going to like the way you do something, too. Right. So. And I told Corby that, too. I feel like... I feel like commentary is one of those things. It's also like uniforms in sports. It, if somebody releases a new uniform, half the people are going to love it. Half the people are going to like it. You're never going to have 100% satisfaction no matter right. what uniform color it is. Yeah. Commentators are the same thing. I know people that love Joe Buck. I know people that hate Joe Buck. When you mm. say that's right, Joe? Yeah, for sure. And this is kind of a double-edged sword, right? One is that... Like you said, people don't realize how hard it is to do that. When you're by yourself, you don't have anyone to bounce something off. Uh, and what happened here is someone heard something about their kid and they took it personally, right? I don't know any community like wrestling that like everyone wants bulletin board material. Oh, the commenter said this. It's like, you know, you're there for on air for 10 hours straight. Okay, fine. I would say, you know, Maybe not everything is bulletin board material and maybe not everyone, you know, but on the flip side, like if I'm Corby, I don't know. I just shake it off, man, because yeah. people, I don't know, being behind big brand accounts, a lot of times, like when I'll engage with negative feedback, it's one, if I'm addressing it or like, I don't like to defend myself. I like to have fun or I like to just kind of ignore it, right? Because like if someone really started trashing you guys and you quote tweeted them or even Fantasy Fight League or anything and I quote tweeted them and kind of like either we're having fun or let's not amplify a message that, you know, a negative message. Right. right? Like we wouldn't if, 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 you know, he hadn't responded and, you know, we wouldn't even be talking about it. Correct. It would just be a tweet out into, you know, nowhere. So... I, I agree with 90 you. Ninety percent of the time. I agree with you. There's some stuff that I don't. If I don't really want to like talk about it in front of everybody, then I get some sort of hate message or YouTube comment or whatever. I won't address it just because if I did address it, it 100 percent is going to get blown up to where it shouldn't. Yeah. But there's sometimes you that I get a negative comment and it's something that I already want to address, and then I use that opportunity to to talk about that subject, right? Right. Um, but this is something where Corby also it's like, and I told him I told him this too, it's like, dude, you're gonna get this. You're gonna if you're going if you want to keep commentating and he does, you're gonna get this kind of uh I just knocked this thing off. But you're gonna get this kind of bad feedback. He told me that there's a complete um there's a complete thread on the Hawkeye report. It's like 53 uh, or something like that. It, it's like in the 50s or 60 posts long. And I told him too. I said, uh, I said, you don't, you haven't made it until you've made it on the Hawkeye report. And so the fact that he's he's only done his seventh one um, ever, and he's already get a 50 to 60 post thread on the Hawkeye report, just tells me that you know he's doing the right thing. And and um, I actually kind of want to have him and um, Fretwell do Street League Three. I think that would be a a uh, good combination. The first one, the fact that we had Corby and Nate Carr side by side and Ryan Warner is, is, was, um, you know, that's a dream team for me. And we're always looking for new ways to, to kind of switch it up a little bit. Um, but for those of you who don't know Joe here, he ran a, a major social media account. Um, I don't know if we can say that. Uh, can we say the name of the company, Joe? If you want to, that's fine. <laughs> well, most of the people that are watching this know, but um, did you guys deal with, did you dealt, deal with a lot of like, did you, I mean, a lot of times it probably wasn't about you personally because you were kind of behind the scenes and um, people might not have known who you were, but like, did you guys deal with a lot of stuff like that? And did, what was their, was their philosophy just like ignore it? So my philosophy was have fun with it, right? Particularly, so a big focus of mine was Instagram. I took that Instagram account over with like 10,000 followers 
and left it with about half a million. So negative criticism, if someone's being nasty and they don't have anything, if the stream is down or whatever, ignore it, right? Because when you respond to them, you're amplifying that negative message to your whole audience. Mm. If you reply or you quote tweet them. So, you know, my philosophy generally was either have fun with it or leave it alone. Right. I think that's a good right? philosophy to have. Uh, that was not a shared philosophy across the board. Yeah, you found that, that was, out too, huh? Shared philosophy was <laughs> generally ignore it and pretend like it's not happening. And then, you know, when you do that, it's kind of like you're in a boxing match and you're just like stepping back and you're stepping back, right? You could you could very easily give an answer to something and people be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we know the stream is down. Sorry, we're working on it or, you know, whatever. But like when you ignore things, then that's when people start te- put your hands down, you start backing up, people start teeing off at you. Yep. I don't know. I think there's I think there's different ways to approach it. And um at the end of the day, Corby's gonna get better and better and people are still gonna say stuff. So it is what it is. Yeah. All right. The next topic here. I'm excited to talk about this one and I'm sure that Joe is too, because Joe and I have had phone calls before, long, long extensive, long extensive conversations about the platform Twitch. And uh, I think Spencer Lee is 100% doing something special. And um, when I say what I'm about to say, I'm not saying it to knock anybody's platform or anything like that, because I think there's different routes for many different people. But Spencer Lee is smart for two reasons for doing this. Let me tell the people what he's doing first. He's streaming himself playing Pokemon on Twitch. And he's done three or four now. And I know it's Christmas break time, but... He's going to find time, I'm sure, to, to hop on the stream once in a while because you got to be consistent. I see a lot of times when wrestlers kind of start these little media projects, they're not consistent. They do it a lot in the beginning. The numbers are going to suck in the beginning. I don't care who you are, but they're going right. to, unless you're some massive celebrity, right? You ha- It takes a long time for you to build an audience. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these people, when they start them, their numbers aren't that great. And then they kind of, it's discouraging. We've been there before. And then eventually you just kind of like stop being consistent, right? So right. Spencer's got to be consistent. But right off the bat, Spencer Lee is streaming himself playing Pokemon. I think he did an anime stream or something like that. Two worlds I don't know a ton about. Played Pokemon a lot as a kid. Haven't played it since. And, you know, he's, he's using the platform Twitch, which if you guys don't know, it's a, lit, it's a way for creators um, to broadcast themselves anytime they want. It's a free platform to use. And it, they can get gifted donations. Um, there's a community on the side. A lot of times it's linked with different discords. So we're now we're getting into some real nerdy tech talk here. But it's basically a free community that Spencer Lee can build around himself. Right? Yeah. And I think that it's genius. And I believe that it's genius because he's one of the first people in wrestling to put out his content for free. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't. I, and I mean, I'm pretty sure, right? There's there's Rockfin, right? But there's a 9.99 paywall. Well, it's really hard to build an audience behind a paywall, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And for anybody Definitely. that's going to give me flack about saying that, all those creators over there, for the most part, started off for free, built their audience, and then put it behind a paywall. Mm. Similar to us, we started off for free, and we still are free. We're still 95% free. But for anybody that wants that over-the-top stuff, you can subscribe to our Patreon for $3.99 and get that bonus content. Yeah. Spencer Lee is putting out all this stuff for free, right? He's not trying to get their dollars up front. He's putting out for free. He's getting 80 to 90 um, concurrent viewers at one time. Um, and, you know, down the road, he can use this community. If he builds this community up that he mm. built for free, then later on he can hit him with an ask, whether that's merchandise, whether that's a camp, whether that's something, it could have nothing to do with wrestling. Yeah. He's streaming Pokemon and anime and stuff like that, right? And to get 80 to 90 concurrent viewers mm-hmm. from the jump, that's yeah. a huge step in the very beginning. Right. And I've been thinking about this for a while now. And this isn't, I'm not trying to discourage people from going to Rockfin or, or doing a Patreon or doing anything like that. But sometimes you guys step back a little bit and say, you know, what's the best move for me? And at the beginning, you should do it for free. You shouldn't get, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't expect to get paid in the beginning until you've kind of earned that audience, mm-hmm. right? Just because you're good at wrestling and this and that doesn't mean that, um, you know, you deserve people's money. 
if you're going right. to do content now, if you, I'm not talking about getting paid to wrestle. I'm talking about doing content and right. making money from content because that's what he's. That's essentially what you know he's doing here. And he could be just doing it for fun, but the, but that doesn't matter, right? He's mm. he's putting his stuff out there for free in the beginning, and then later on, if he wants to monetize, he can monetize. He can also sell ads on there. I mean, it's genius. Yeah, it's all about building your audience first and then asking for money later. Right. Joe, are you correct? I really want to hear your opinion on this because you and I have talked about um, athletes and other companies and even ourselves using Twitch as opposed to something behind a paywall. And this isn't a knock to anybody else. I think I think Rockfin and all those other platforms make a whole lot of sense for uh, IA Wrestle, for um, Matt Scouts, for anybody that's they those companies have built their audiences already and they're doing something completely different than what Spencer Lee's doing. Do you like that Spencer Lee is using Twitch? Yeah, I mean, I love what Spencer's doing for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I just think it's cool how authentic it is. You know, wrestling is generally like kind of a tough guy type of sport. And Spencer Lee's definitely a tough guy. But playing video games on Twitch, you know, uh, that's really authentic. So I think he's just cool doing it, you know, for that angle. What I love about Twitch, so I worked briefly for, for about a year for a company called Fan Controlled Football. And it had a lot of like tech integration. You could pick the players and they streamed it on Twitch. What Twitch can do is you can, so you talk about these 80 to 90 concurrents, which for a wrestling event is massive. Correct. Right. Uh, there were some early Final X sessions that played for free on YouTube, on YouTube and Facebook that didn't pull that many concurrents. So people who don't know like broadcast viewership data, like that's a lot, almost 100 people watching at one time. What's cool about Twitch is you can hit play ad and you run an ad to everyone who's watching it right there and you get charged on whatever say 10 cents you have 80 people watching say oh okay my concurrence are peaking Boop. you push a button and it serves ads to everyone that's watching right there so you talk about like paywall and building your platform which i 100 percent agree with right i've got a garden state wrestling banner hanging on for my you know new jersey wrestling blog i used to do but uh what's cool about twitch is interactivity you've got a chat along the side so like you're talking with him you kind of feel like you're there if he wanted to run an ad you just hit the play ad button and you get paid based on everyone that's watching and uh it's something different right you know uh, blogs and articles and blogs and travel and wrestling is fun but at the end of the day uh i want more storylines right i want people to feel more connected to the athletes to make it more interesting and uh i think it's cool that you know he's doing something kind of different yeah i wanted to get your opinion on that because i know that we've talked about it before and and you know it's interesting to see where he's going to go from this you know i don't know i don't know how much the video game even matters for him either mm -hmm. you know what i mean like he could play he could play whatever he wants and the fact that he's playing pokemon um which is essentially kind of what he's built his brand around he yeah. walked out to that theme song and say. this and that um but I, it's entertaining, and another thing that's interesting is he does a Q&A at the beginning. So mm. Spencer doesn't do a ton of interviews, and a lot right. of times when he does interviews, it's the same questions over and over. And so this community that he's built, you know, sometimes these questions are a little bit raunchier, and he seems to answer like anything. I even sent him a question, <laughs> and he answered it. I asked, him, I asked him just a pretty generic question. I don't even remember what it was. Oh, I asked him who his favorite streamer was. Um, but he he's able to kind of live in his own world and do his own thing, and you know, I'm really excited to see what he's doing with it. And uh, I'm really curious to see, like, who else is going to do it. I know Jaden Ironman's done a, a Twitch stream once, too. And, um, you know, I don't know. I think it's smart. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, did Roman Bravo Young do it, too? I don't know if he did. If he did, he didn't he do just it consistently. maybe seems like someone who would have a presence on that. But doesn't Spencer Lee already have the connection to Nick Merckx, too? Nick Merckx tweeted Twitch? at him once, yeah. Okay, okay. But see, there you go. Like, if yeah. Nick Merckx hops in one of his streams and does something with him, like, huge. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure that's already been something that's been discussed. Right, yeah. Um. Anyways, let's move on here. We're kind of running out of time here. Uh, Kyle Klingman gets roasted. He put out this article. Joe, did you see it? Yeah, I saw the article. All right, so we won't read the article or nothing crazy like that. He basically put out this article. Tyler's going to pull it up, just the tweet. I don't think we're going to click the actual thing. No. Um, and it's saying that college folk style is harder than freestyle. Correct, Joe? Is that right? 
Joe, is that correct? Yeah, that's what I took from that. Okay, and he basically and go go back to that. Um, can you read that, Tyler? Yeah, the folk style versus freestyle debate will rage on, but college wrestling continues to prove that it's the tougher of the two styles. It's tough. And he basically used different examples. He used Carter Young, who had freestyle success, but he's already lost this year. He used Braxton Amos, who had high-level freestyle success, but he's lost this year. He used um, Cassiope, had big success, but he lost this year. It's kind of comical because, yes, in the sense that he's saying, right, it, it does it, – I'm not going to say it makes sense, but it's like you, you, you picked and choose these other things, but there's other – scenarios where it's the opposite right mm -hmm. um let me see if i can find it somebody had a good um let me, somebody had a good tweet comparing it the other way but the point is you can take any sort of example and make it look like you know what i mean like you could you could take right. let me see i found it hold on um hold on a second i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna find it um, but you could take anybody, right? You could take somebody who had um, more success in folk style but didn't pan out in mm -hmm. freestyle, right? You could probably take more. You, there's probably more examples of, of that yeah. than the other one, when you say, Correct. Joe? Yeah, and, you know, it's so difficult to compare just because of the way the college season is, right? Like the fact that you have to weigh in twice a week and wrestle 35 matches in three months like that is hard it's hard to compare right mm -hmm. i agree with you there and there's there's other elements of like you know actual schoolwork, correct yeah, and and true. other things um one thing that i found interesting is kyle klingman to me has always been a very very non-controversial wrestling figure and when you start to work for that company there's a lot of haters surrounding that company because yeah. just like anything there's more more eyes there's going to be more people more problems more perspectives exactly. and it's funny to me because claiming came from track wrestling and essentially you know they got bought out by flow so then he becomes a flow employee and i felt like that mm. was the first taste of like hey you want to <laughs> you if you work for the beast it, you're going to get people like this and you kind of got to be more careful of what you say yeah uh yeah you're gonna have to think about what you do a little bit more with more eyes on you yeah and i like Clayman too i yeah, think he's, not he's happy he's one of the most um he's like jason bryant in a way that he's like a historian of the sport mm. great storyteller he's always been good to us this isn't me knocking what he said i don't agree with his argument but i am a folk style fan over freestyle so and i'm a college wrestling folk style fan over anything yeah so i like it i like where he's coming from it was just the wrong argument do you agree joe and i'm kind of on the other end right i like freestyle and i like international wrestling more than i like folk style and college wrestling because growing up in new jersey you didn't really have a team right like ruckers ruckers was literally almost about to cancel their program when i was in high school so we didn't watch a lot of college wrestling so i mean it's almost like going to an international tournament is almost like going to fargo for an adult Mm. Right. You go to Fargo and it's like, oh, here's someone from Illinois and uh, Maine and whatever. Right. And it's a big it's so cool to go to one of these international tournaments and the styles are different. And we talk about like tough. Uh, I mean, freestyle, you could wrestle how many times the size of I have wrestled in a year. Right. It's not as hard if you're like just a freestyle guy, it's not as hard on your body. You can wrestle for a long time. Uh, it's exciting. Like I'm talking in circles, but think about like the world cup mm -hmm. for soccer, right? Like when it comes around, people have a reason to care. Less right? is more in college. If you don't have an affiliation, if you're like me growing up in New Jersey, you don't have a college team, uh, you know, international wrestling, everyone has a team that they can root for and it kind of brings everyone together. And I don't know. But to say it's harder or more difficult, to use those examples, and Kyle's a good dude, right? I've never yeah. had anything but good experiences with hey, Kyle. Hey, let me say this. But, uh, let me say this about Kyle. He got, he, I bet he got the page, page views that he wanted. Yeah. I don't think that was intentional, but I bet he got the page views when you say, Joe. 
And I don't think, I think that might be like an unintentional. Correct. Uh, correct. But that's I'm where sure my, he didn't expect that to but that's where my brain goes is like, I bet he got the page yeah. views. I don't think Kyle did that intentionally. That's not really the kind of guy that Kyle seems to be. I don't really know him like that. I've had very minimal conversations with him, but that's where my head would go. It's good too, uh, just to get people talking, right? Yes. Who cares who's right and who's wrong? Right. Uh, it's a cool topic, right? And people are kind of in staunch defense one way or the other. I can see where he's coming from. Uh, we've seen plenty. Of, I mean, we've seen people that are age level world champs that don't even all American. That happens, you know, but. Other country, something we got to think about too, as we use Carter Young and we use Cassiope. If you're a stud in Iran and you're 20, you're wrestling seniors. If you're, you know, a stud from Russia and you're whatever, 19, you're wrestling seniors. Uh, not that different countries don't send their best team. Like Iran traditionally sends really strong age level teams, but that's not a fit, you know, U23s. We see people that place and win you 20 don't even all American, which is an indication of the style. I think it's, you know, we break it down a little bit more, huh? I don't really know. All right. Let's talk about fantasy fight league. Our last topic here. Uh, that's why we had Joe on and you pay a month. Let me, let me explain it first to the people. And Joe, you stop me. If I get it wrong, you pay a monthly fee, which is five bucks a month. Yep, five bucks a month. And Joe and the team and the company, they go and they put up these games every week. And the idea is you want to play as many games as possible because that gives you more opportunities to score points, correct? Yeah. So every Monday, generally, we like to post the week's games. The events usually happen on the weekend, so you have all week to make your picks. And if it's like a dual meet, something that we do that I think is kind of unique you have to pick five starters for a dual meet. They get scored basically like a, like team scores. We flipped techs and pins. So techs are worth the most. Pins, majors, decisions. Uh, you even get points if you lose. You get the fewest if you get tech, and it works on a scale like that. But you'll go through for a duel, and you got to pick five starters. Starter one is a group of four people who are all projected to get bonus points. Starter two, maybe decisions or majors. Starter three, you got to pick someone who's in a toss-up. Starter four, you got to pick someone who's an underdog. And starter five, you got to pick someone who's a big underdog. So what that does is it eliminates like a traditional pick them aspect where you could just pick every favorite. Right. You kind of have to, you know, have to have some strategy. Yeah. And there's a guy at the top named Pit Panther. And... I can't remember if it was Pelican Head called it out or somebody called it out. And they, they're essentially like, they're essentially like, um, you know, is this guy, is this an inside job? Because he wins every week. Is that right? Yeah. So he's number one on the leaderboard for the month right now. He didn't win last week, but he has been playing. Yeah. So if we pull it up, he's at the top of the month. Where's Tyler? What at? we're going to see and what I hope to see right. is people develop strategy the more they play, right? The people that are at the top have been playing for a long time and they have a good cadence of when to pick their picks, how to, you know, divvy up who's going to be their favorite and and also uh, playing all the games, right? Coming back to the site, checking, making sure we send emails every time their games are up. Uh, it's linear, right? It's not gambling. It's not a spread. There are no odds. Uh, you play the games, you have the best team, you know, the most games you play with the best teams wins. And how has the um, reaction from the players been? I think people are enjoying it, you know, and also who's going to be like, you know, this stuff's not like it to me, but uh, I think it's fun, you know? So part of an issue that I've tried to address here, FanDuel DraftKings, when they run their game, their games, how I would, uh, their scores are populated from automated data APIs. So for like not technology people, there's some company that keeps score for all NFL games. DraftKings pays a fee to license that. I'm even getting complicated for myself. And that's how it pipes in. 
wrestling in general, there's no one with a central data API. So if we want to see wrestling on DraftKings or FanDuel or any kind of daily fantasy, what they have to do, we see it for the Olympics and NCAAs, because they'll do one-offs and they'll do them manually. We're never going to be able to see all of these duels being done at once because there's no data API. So, you know, as I was kind of creating this, uh, I wanted to find a way to be able to sidestep that. So we have, and this is more for technology people, but we have a good back-end system where data entry is pretty simple and we can do it. It's pretty cost-effective. So, you know, it's only five bucks. I wanted to keep it cheap. Uh, I experimented with maybe doing it for 99 cents. Uh, so we want to, my angle too is I want it to be fun, right? Like I don't want people to lose their rent money or to have a negative experience. Uh, I want it to be like you pay five bucks and it's fun to play. And if I win one of the prizes, then great, that's a bonus. Yeah, I think it, it feels like recently, and I've been talking to you from the beginning pretty much, but I feel like recently, it, you know, at least in the Twitter sphere, it's been kind of getting more competitive and people want to crack the top 10 and, and people are really, there's kind of more banter evolved. Um, do you feel that the same? Yeah, and it's hard to build something from scratch, right? Uh, getting momentum, we don't even have a thousand dollars. I hope we get a thousand followers on Twitter, man. It was, it was hard. It was hard to get it moving from nothing. And it's hard to explain, right? There's a level of explain that needs to happen here. This is how you play. This is how the rules were. This is, you know? So uh, I'm trying to take it, you know, long-term, big picture. But, uh, and more prizes too, right? Like something that I'm excited about is this isn't to make, like, I'm not making money here at this point. When we get more subscribers and we have more annual revenue, we get cooler prizes. Yep. I feel like it's getting to that point, too, where people are, you know, they're talking about it, they're getting excited, and I hope you really keep building it because, like you said, it's super hard in the beginning, and and um, I feel like just getting people familiar with it. You know, even mm -hmm. gambling, you know, a lot of people don't know how odds work. They don't know what you know, plus 150 means. They don't know what minus 350 means. They don't know what over-unders means. Like, I see it all the time. People try to talk gambling on Twitter, and I'm like, that's not even what that means. Like, you don't even, right. like, oh, what's the over-under on this? I'm like, okay, well, what's, you're not, you still don't understand what it means. And so I feel like kind of educating people is going to be a big part of it. Also, have you ever had any sort of athlete be like, yo, I'm not the underdog. Has anybody ever got mad at you at a line that you set? And I don't know if you call these lines or groupings, but has anybody ever got mad at you for not, you know, making them higher up on the uh, the totem pole? No, I haven't heard that from anyone yet. But the thing is their points get calculated based off of how they actually do. So you can't even, they, so, they can't even say nothing. Nah, they got, if they were like, oh, I didn't, it's like, well, you get, I think it's 23 points for a tech. 20 points for a pin, 18 for a major, right? So the projections, really what we'll do is we'll pull up rankings. And if it's however far apart it is, we'll figure out how to do projections. Just so, I mean, I want this to be something that if you know close to nothing about wrestling, you can come in and you can make a team and then you can watch an event and care about it. Because there are plenty of people that could get into wrestling, but the question is, why do I care? There you go. All right, Joe, where can the people find you in Fantasy Fight League? Yeah, fantasyfightleague.com. Um, uh, for everyone who's watching this, uh, I set up a coupon code for you guys. You can use stalemates. One word. Let's go. Uh, for your first three. Let's go hammer that. So, we'll uh, put that. We'll put that in the description down below. I love that. How many did Ryan Warner kill it? Yeah. You did that for Ryan, right? Yeah, man. That was sure. I was knocking your door down because after I did the podcast with Ryan, I had to, I was trying to figure out where all the subscribers were coming from. All right. Well, there so, you go. Uh, we have, uh, if you're, I'll, if we do lose, we I'm going to use the excuse that all of our subscribers already listened to Ryan's podcast and they signed up through him. Yeah, nah, shoot. You're going to get way more. You get a free trial. You get way more. Let's go. All right, Joe, I appreciate you for staying on. We're going to wrap it up, but stay on really quick, all right? Yep. All right. Stalemates, um, 
thank you guys so much. It really means a lot that you guys are watching these episodes. It means a lot more now that we're starting to get views. Um, things are really on the, they're looking up. Uh, I like where we're going. I like this weekly show that we're going with. Uh, Street League is coming up. So if you want to watch those this spring, summer-ish, we're mm. playing with some concepts, some new stuff. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon, $3.99. This whole episode is what a Patreon version would look like. So we're not going to break this down for the Patreon people this week because we had Joe on. Uh, so you guys can thank Joe for that. And uh, But subscribe to the Patreon, $3.99. Check out Fantasy Fight League. Um, also, if you want to have fun, that's something totally separate. And uh, he's killing the game over there. Uh, smart guy. He's one of the people that I call when I have uh, something to run by. So uh, go check them out. Uh, Barbarian Apparel, you know the vibes. 20% off these sweatshirts. Go check it out. Uh, Above and Beyond Wash and Seal is the best floor company in the business. And Spider Matt Tape, the official Matt Tape of Stalemate Street League. Uh, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you do, whatever you're into, all of that. Uh, 2022 is that how you say it 2022 2022 2022 is coming up we got our stalemates coming up we don't have a date yet because we're we're probably going to do plan that all tonight uh yeah tyler do you have anything you want to say before we go uh no thanks for tuning in guys it's been fun doing this weekly and um yeah maybe the stalemates this week yeah we're yeah, yeah for sure definitely this week we're gonna go live i'm gonna get my suit ready uh but thank you guys for watching and uh hit subscribe drop a comment like all that Thank you.